that your decision tonight? Gone too far along the road, haven't we? Ain't no turning back now. I just don't understand that. People just fall off to the side and quit. We're just way too far for that. We've made the choice. God don't have no quitters in his body. That's for certain. Amen. Amen. Well, don't stop now. Tonight we're going to dig a little deeper, have a little bit more word, and then we'll end the day here. Just uh, I know Sundays can be a big day for us. We'll just uh, spend a little bit more time in the word and fellowship, feed our hungry souls, and see what the Lord has for us. We're going to open our Bibles to Genesis 1. Thank you, musicians. Genesis 1 and 1. I know it's not too difficult a spot to find. (laughs) Though I'm still hearing pages turn. (laughs) All right. Genesis 1 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Period. We heard that this morning. (laughs) Amen. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, and it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. Amen. We'll turn over to John 1. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word. Amen. The same one that created the heavens and the earth was the Word. Amen. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. Amen. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. Amen. Let's just have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we can read your word as just as man can read any words on a page. But Lord, we would pray tonight, Lord, that your word would become alive to each one here. That's why we come, not to hear man, Lord, but to hear you speak to us through your word, which is life eternal. Lord, and it's light, and that light was the life, Lord. So we pray, Lord, that you would just speak to us. You'd shine in this little sanctuary tonight, Lord, and break your word, and walk amongst us, amongst these pews, Lord. We would just feel your presence so near, we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. I just want to... Just speak a little bit. I just want to speak on the children of light tonight, and maybe as a bit of a subtitle, "Fearless in a Dark Age." And light is quite critical to life. <laughs> if we didn't have light, we'd essentially be dead. 
essentially on a natural aspect. Life is quite important. In fact, without light, food wouldn't be created by our plants via the process of photosynthesis and we would essentially not have food and those that rely, biologically rely on that would, uh, would essentially all be dead. So light is, light is vital. Light is quite vital to us. Hence in the beginning, God created light because it was needed for life to form. Amen? Light, vital, I'll just give you some aspects on what light does for us. Just light in itself. Not beyond food, which was, would be quite, quite important for us living beings to depend on. But light is also needful for vitamin D in our bodies. If we don't have vitamin D, we really essentially have horrible bones and our bones would not form correctly and we would be kind of all uh, without form. <laughs> Just like the world, world was earlier. Without form and void, you'd pretty much be there without light. Hence, needing vitamin D, it's processed because of the light that uh, hits the cells in your body and it creates that. It's the UVB rays that do that. It hits cholesterol skin cells and hence, vitamin D is created. So you need that. And... Uh, in fact, people, there were studies, and they did studies in people in Edmonton, Alberta, uh, which is where they did a study, struggled to even make any vitamin D for a portion between November and February. I wonder why that is. It's so cold, and uh, there's very minimal light exposure, and people are staying inside, etc. But you can, it can be very serious without vitamin D. You can get cancer, depression, muscle weakness, osteoporosis. There's things that happen just because of lack of vitamin D, which light is the natural source for that. Important. Vision. Well, without light, we wouldn't see. Ideally, you wouldn't see color. Indeed, in the dark, you'd barely see anything, and you wouldn't see any color, because, of course, the cone cells in our eyes need light for color for us to see that. If we didn't have light, we'd be frozen. We'd just be an ice ball, because there's no light to warm the earth. It maintains our body clock. Light keeps us in a schedule. Right? It keeps us asleep at night when the light's gone and awake in the mornings. Light governs that. Light creates water. We have evaporation. Light is, when you start looking at what light does, just just light alone, it's vital for you and me to even stand here, amen? When you look at what light comes from our, our, our sun, and I looked a little bit at what the sun really, you know, we just look at it, it's this big flaming ball of fire in the sky, but, you know, what exactly is the sun? And it's actually very incredible. When God said, let there be light, what was happening there must have been an incredible thing for that, for that to form. Uh, in fact, some they say that between 200,000 and up to a million years it took for the light from the core of the sun to reach the surface of the sun for us to actually see that light. So indeed, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, period. Yes, lots was happening. We don't know what happened there. But light was to be formed out of the spoken word, amen? Because we needed it for life. Without light, we get darkness. That's a pretty easy conclusion. He said, thank you. Mr. Obvious here, yes. But without light, there's darkness. And we have what's called seasonal affective disorder, which is called SAD. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. It's a real diagnosis. <laughs> Believe it or not. But it's because in the winter, there's minimal light. And uh, and people get mood swings and eating swings. They eat more in one season and less in the other, and therefore their weight swings and their sleep swings. And it's an actual thing. It's called SAD. It's called seasonal affective disorder because of the lack of light. Naturally, naturally, it can it can change your whole mood. 
just because there's not enough light in your, in your, in your body. Amen. They've done studies where people without light, they put them in a dark cell. Some have done it willingly to do studies and they've gone actually into the depths of, uh, one fellow went into, I think they call it midnight cave and, uh, Two people went into into a dark cave for 60, 70 plus days, which is all they could actually handle. Some people can't even handle 24 hours. Uh, just to study what the effects of darkness are on the human. And they're not good. We don't work with darkness. The human does not work with darkness. It was born for light. Amen. We're born for light. Darkness is not what, what we can work under. And so the experiments has long lasting physiological and psychological effects on the human body. If it's subjected to darkness for a long period of time, we mentally break down. We physically break down. And so we need inter, humans need light to stay sane. It's really the bottom line. Human beings need light just to stay sane because in darkness, we actually become psychologically, our minds cannot handle constant darkness. So that's a brief overview of light and darkness on us naturally. But I was just, it is such a dark time that we live in. Isaiah said, and we would get to it, but I'll just even read it now. Um, Arise and shine in Isaiah 61 verse uh, 60 verse one. Arise and shine for thy light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness, the people gross darkness the people but the lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be upon thee amen gross darkness the people brother bram says that's for this day is gross darkness at this time and if darkness has such a heavy and a heavy effect on us as a natural human being what is the effect on our spiritual beings the gross darkness on the land brother bram says but you notice the women in our day they don't seem to have the lady like they once had they just like they, they want to, but there's something that won't let them do it. It seems like there's a heaviness. There you tell a lady they should not do such and such a thing, and the lady looks upon that and believes that. She wants to believe that, but there's something that presses her the other way. See? Poor thing. I feel sorry for her, he says. So She's so caught in such a web of Hollywood. And the advertisements in television, radio, newspaper, on the street, the store windows, and modern dresses, and so forth. She's caught in a web. She wants to. So he said she wants to, but it seems like there's a heaviness, and it presses her the other way because she's caught in a web. Dresses and so forth the other way, the, and the way the other women meet her, and it seems that there would be that there is something that they just can't pull away from our young people, our old people, our middle age. There seems something, he says, he continues, with it among man. Man don't seem to have the masculine touch he used to have. Women don't have that feminine touch. You take man today, man don't seem to be burly like they used to. Are we living in that day? Is the gross darkness here in that day not as burly as they used to? I mean, what he said, if your kid doesn't, doesn't, uh, isn't man enough, throw, give him an axe in his hand. Amen. Let them go chop some wood. Not as burly as they're used to. It's all sort of, they want to wear suede shoes with purple. You got pretty specific there. And they want to act like women. Now that's true. It's man and man wants to act like woman. And yet you can talk to them and they're nice people to talk to. We live there. 
We live there. This is what you're pressing against in your day-to-day walk, in your day-to-day life at work. And act like a man. Act, and yet you can talk to them and they're nice people. Nice people. Friendly, sociable people. But he says, what caused this? It's that gross darkness upon the people. It's something that's pressed them into it. Here's what that gross darkness is doing on us, on our spiritual level. He said, why is there such a heaviness? What, what's causing this? And you're battling it. It's the gross darkness that we're having to live in right now in this world. And it's pressing them into it. People that don't even, they, they hear truth. Brother Bram says, and they want it, but something is hindering. They're caught in a web and it's pressing them. That's a sad state to be in. But Abraham says, but when they rejected it, then darkness and gross darkness come to the people. And oh, the people of this last day, can't you see why gross darkness is falling on this country? The gospel of Christ has been rejected. 1957, he speaks of it in 1956. He goes, I feel that this next year that they're going to re- that this is going to be their time of decision. He speaks and he says, I feel they're going to reject it. In 1957, he says they rejected it. And gross darkness then started pressing in such a way. And here we are now, how many years down the road? And we're living in just utter, utter darkness. Just trying to help you understand why are we just, what's, why are we living in such a world or why is it so hard or well, I'm struggling or we're going, because it's darkness. It's pressing on you. It helps to know what you're fighting. It helps to know what you're up against. John three nineteen to 21 says, and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light lest his deeds be reproved. It's saying hates exposure, hates exposure. And that's one, one thing if I've, I've seen just in my sh- very short years, but if, if a demon can be exposed, then it's over. He doesn't want it. Someone can come into church. They're living in sin. They're struggling through something. A demon is battling them and they get all antsy in church because they're in light. Light is being presented and they're uncomfortable in it. But if that can be exposed through the preaching of the word, that demon has to flee. Amen. Because in darkness, they want to hide. But Abraham said, Satan's scared of light. Any devil's afraid of light. That's right. He says, any creeping evil thing. So anyone that's scared of spiders or anything like that, Brother Brown says, any creeping evil thing is afraid of light. You take a wild animal in the jungles of Africa out there hunting, just flash a light and they're gone because they're scared of light, right? Get an old nasty roach, throw an apple core down there somewhere. (laughs) When it's in the dark, he'll come out nibbling, right? But the moment you throw some light on that, where does the roach go? He's gone. He's totally gone. That's the reason people are afraid of these old time Holy Ghost meetings is because there's light being presented and Satan doesn't handle it. He's scared stiff of light. Amen. Any devil's afraid of light. Amen. Ye are, Brother Bram says, children of light, walk in the light. You're the light of the world. Amen. A city sets on a hill. So here we are in a world of gloom, of heavy, almost tangible gross darkness. That's where we live in. But we know Satan is scared of light and I don't want to have, I don't want to major on the gross darkness because that's not what we're of. We're creatures of light. Amen. Just trying to under, just give the one side here. 
when I when you actually look at how many times Brother Ram says gross darkness as the message, he speaks it about fifty three times. Over half of that is in the two messages Shalom. I thought, Lord, isn't that wonderful? That in gross darkness, if you're looking at it, if you're searching the message, he says it 58 times, but more than 28 times or so, he says, peace. In a time of darkness, because as we with darkness, generally comes fear. Generally comes fear with darkness. Anybody that has kids or has been a kid, which is everybody here, at some point, you were probably scared of the dark. Generally, because darkness comes in and you're, you're, it's unknown. You don't know what's there. And you could sit in your room as a kid and suddenly the light goes off and your closet just becomes some shapely form that's freaking you right out. Right? We've all been there. Because the mind suddenly just, the imagination goes crazy and in darkness, it suddenly is a monster or something that you're scared of in the dark. So with darkness, fear comes. Fear comes. You know, if you look in the scripture, when Adam and Eve, when they sinned, what did they do immediately? The voice of God came down walking in the garden, calling for Adam. Adam, where art thou? And what had he done? He'd hid. He'd hid. You generally would hide when you're scared of something. Fear had entered the garden right then and there, and he hid. He hid. Right at the beginning. Fear. Fear paralyzes. Fear will paralyze you. Take someone that's scared of heights and bring them to the edge. They literally will just freeze. If you can even get them there. They'll freeze stiff. It paralyzes you when you're afraid of something. Right? You can't move. And so it is when Satan has you under fear. You're paralyzed. That's a bad state to be in because you can't do anything. You can't fight back. You're stiff. You're so freaked out of the situation that he's brought you and you can't even get it out, out of it. You can't get to what you need. Because you're paralyzed. It weakens, actually, chronic fear will weaken your immune system on a natural level. That's your ability to fight something. Fear will, it will cause an inhibition, will inhibit you to fight the devil. Because he's got you under fear. Causes your cardiovascular system to be damaged. Your, your gastrointestinal system, you can't eat. Under fear, you won't eat. Under fear, you won't Feed on the word. Under fear, you won't feed on the message. Under fear, you won't be with people that could could support you because you're under fear. But Abraham said, the greatest thing I find against the church tonight is fear. He said, everybody's scared to death of something. He said, what are you scared about? If a man's born again, he should be happy, carefree, just like these fellows singing up here and the brother testifying back there. There ain't nothing can harm you. Nothing present, future can separate us, amen, from the love of God. Fear, the greatest thing, he says, against the church is fear. Your memory, you can be totally irrational in your thinking when you're under fear. You won't even think about anything normal because you're consumed with that thing that you're scared of consumed so it impairs impairs your memory and you become a slave under fear you become a slave it will control you when you're under so much fear and that's what satan all he desires if he can get you under fear you sing the song i'm no longer a slave to fear to fear because if he can get you there God can't do anything for you. But Abraham says God can't work with you 
when you're when you have fear. It's so contrary because when you have fear, I don't know if if I can do that. Now I'll I'll get there. Now I'll go there right now. But Abraham says the greatest hindrance is church's fear. They're afraid that it just won't work. They're afraid that it just won't work. Not willing to take a step of faith because they're scared. I don't know if it's going to work. And God can't work with you. Just as easy as that is. Amen. I, if he, Satan can get you to doubt. Because that's really where it is. You fear and doubt. You see, fear and doubt are a lot of times connected together. And if he can get you there, well, what is God going to do when doubt is present? He's not going to, he's not able to work with the doubt. Amen. And so Satan is trying to put you under a cloud of doubt. He disabled you in bondage through fear. And I was, I read the, I have the, I have the quote, uh, the, the account and I'll just, I, I'm going to go through it a little bit because I thought I had it. The Lord has desired of me to go off of memory. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Brother Brown talks about uh, the account of John Ryan, and he's at the platform, and I'm gonna. It's quite long, lengthy, and and what how Brother Branham talks about it, and he comes up to him and he says, you know, Brother Brown, uh, are you going to pray for me? Uh, he goes, Are you going to heal me? Brother Branham says, No, I can't heal you. Jesus Christ already has healed you. I can pray for you. Okay, you pray for me. So he prays for him, and I'm getting him going off of memory, and it's, I wish I had a little bit more, because they go back and forth a lot. He asked him, and so then he prays for him, and okay, okay you know, uh, I, I'm healed, you're healed. Well, you prayed for all these other ones, and, and, and they're healed, but I still can't see. He says, well, you said you believed. And so they went back and forth a little bit, and he was a little confounded why he couldn't see he says well you said you believed so go away believing okay okay you know and there's a bit of a go, go, go some dialogue back and forth i was just you know brother branham just handled it so well you said you believed yeah. okay i, I believe so you know what he did he went away praising the lord i'm healed and brother Branham says the next few services mm-hmm. middle four or five times he said through the service he'd say excuse me everybody quiet praise the lord i'm healed Middle service, four or five times, Brother Bram says. You know, imagine Brother Victor, stand up, excuse me everybody, praise the Lord, I'm healed. Amen. That's what he did. Okay, he wasn't scared. He wasn't scared of what, oh, it just might not work. He wasn't scared to step forth in faith and say, you know what, regardless of what the circumstance is, I'm not afraid, there's no fear, praise the Lord, I'm healed. Amen. So he did that four or five times in the services. Well, what happened? It's actually a couple of weeks, and he's still continuing to do so. Fear didn't exist in Brother Ryan's heart at all. Amen. And he's sitting in the barber chair. We know the story. He sits in the barber chair, and and he's getting mocked. He's getting mocked by the barber. And you know, well, you know, when they go on, you know, you said you said you were healed, et cetera, et cetera. And and he says, "Praise the Lord, I'm healed." And he was healed right then and there. Amen. It didn't matter the time. He didn't know that. It could have been months for all, but in his heart, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. There was no, uh, what if, you know, I'm going to confess it and people are going to wonder, you know, I'm kind of crazy. The Simpsons are here for months and months and months and months. It doesn't matter. That's not what God is wanting. He's wanting you to believe it. And at the time appointed, he will bring the healing. He will bring the circumstance together at his appointed time. Amen. I know we have issues in the church or different ones that are, have uh, needs. And I was thinking, of course, of, of Ella and different ones. Just 
It doesn't matter. God said it. Believe it. Don't fear what the circumstances are. Amen? Don't be afraid to say, you know, I'm taking him at his word. Amen? We walk by faith. Amen? Faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen by the eyes. We know the scripture said... And so we're not children of darkness and no longer slaves, amen, to that fear that we sing about. Scripture says, Second Timothy 1, 7, for God hath not given us this spirit of fear. Amen, Brother Michael, I was thinking about this and from young people's, when you quoted it, I had already it in my notes and I was, the Lord has a channel, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. The word has everything we need for the day. We just need to be in it. Amen. You need to be there. It's right there for us. He's not given us the spirit of fear. For as many are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For they, ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. We're not under fear and slavery and, oh, you know, when someone was oppressed, they oppress them and they, and they, and, and they put a lot of horrible things on them to keep them in a constant level and the status of fear. Not to, to try and reach out and do anything. That's not where you're at. That's where the devil wants you. He wants to continue to oppress you, oppress you, because you're, then you're scared to reach out and say, no! I'm gonna take him at his word, but he wants you, I'll oppress you with fear. Oh, what could happen? No. But your adoption. Adoption is a son. A daughter. Amen? That is brought to their position. Yes. That's what you've been given up to a spirit of adoption whereby we cry out a father. What a difference. Not a slave, but actually a son and daughter that has authority with the father. So here we are standing in this day and age of gross darkness. Um... Let's just turn the lights out completely. Just kill them. So we're in the dark. But you know, you can see a little bit of light, but if I light a light here, there's not, I don't care how much darkness is in here, it will never put this light out. Ever. It could be as thick, it could be as heavy, it could be as gross as it ever could be. It could be just as dark as one could ever imagine, but it could never put out the light. Lights back on, please. So, if you are light, if you are light, it doesn't really matter how much darkness around you. Satan can never extinguish the light that's inside of you. Amen? He's got no power. No power. Because in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And they were they're void. There's nothing. And he created light and separated darkness. Darkness could not push back light. It couldn't. Amen? And you are light, which will go there. You're children of light. And you cannot, Satan can't push you back and extinguish you. Can't do that. Darkness has no ability to extinguish the light that God's placed in you. Amen? John, first John says, there is no fear in love because perfect love casteth out all fear. Amen. Yes. But Abraham says, perfect faith and perfect love. 
Same, he says, they'll both cast out fear. I'm just going to read a couple scriptures. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Amen. Amplified says, say to those with an anxious and panic-stricken heart, be strong and fear not. Someone's got an anxious heart tonight. That scripture is for you. Amen. Be strong and fear not. Indeed, your God will come with vengeance for the ungodly. The retribution of God will come, but he will save you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. There is no fear. When you are in Christ, there is nothing to fear the darkness of this day. In fact, your light should show shine, which not only can the darkness not extinguish, but as light pushes it out, the darkness can't stay. It can't, it has to give way. It has to give way. Darkness has no ability to push back at light. And we could get pretty heavy and downtrodden. Oh, this world is, it's so difficult. Jesus said, and there shall be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Are we living in that? Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking at those things which are coming on earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken and then shall they see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up. Amen. Lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. You see all these things happening. Brother Brown says we should be looking up with excitement. What's happening? Where are we at? Because your redemption draweth nigh. Amen. So light also brings life. Light is required for life. Man, if you look at the scripture, it was light that was first and it doesn't really matter. It didn't really matter. Brother Brown talks about the earth. It was without form and void. And he said it's just like God just took the earth and it's like big wings. He wrapped his, his arms around that. And he started to brood. He started to brood over the earth. Yeah. So the seeds, he said, I believe the seeds were already there. There's all this fog and mist around there and that light started to just clear it all back. And so that light now just started to penetrate into that earth. The seeds were there already. Now the light just started to penetrate. He started to brood over the earth. Amen. Brother Brown says in the beginning, it must have been foggy, dismal and dark as the world was turning. And when God knew that he had need of light, his seed, now his seed was already in the earth because he had planted it there. He needed it now to bring forth that seed, to make that seed live because the seed was already there. He said, just like in each age, God has foretold us what would take place in each age. Right? The only thing he needs is the manifestation of the light of God upon that scripture to make it live for that age. Okay? And he will do it as long as the light can get to the word. If the word is germatized, it'll make it live. Brother Bram says, when that light struck the seed... Okay, have you read that in the message? He speaks of the woman at the well and she's sitting there with Jesus. And when the light struck the seed, says, I that speak to you am he. What did she do? I perceive that thou art a prophet. He'd been speaking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. There was no seed there for light to strike. Just like in the beginning, the seed started, it didn't matter how dark it was, but at some point, at the appointed time, light struck a seed and it started to grow. Amen? Light struck your seed at some time. Didn't really matter where you were in the, in this earth. 
Okay? But when God found you, Brother Richard, that light struck a seed and it started to grow. We know the lily, you know the pond lily, Brother Bram talks about it, in the muck, in the mire, it wouldn't really matter how much darkness and sin that you're in. It's it. That lily is deep in the water. Light is just penetrating down and it's calling for that because there's something in there. Something in that seed saying, I gotta get to light. I gotta get to the top. And that's exactly what we are. We're little seeds. And when the word started to shine, it wouldn't matter which age, when God rose from the, when, uh, Jesus rose from the dead. Amen. It was a pretty dark time. It was dark. Darkness was covered right at the, at the time of the, of the resurrection. But that sun started to rise. Amen. On Easter morning. Amen. Because there was seeds that needed the Holy Ghost to start penetrating the darkness. Amen. And it started to rise. And the darkness, it started to shine age through age. And it needed certain people at certain times. Amen. It, it, that's, the seed wasn't going to activate until the time appointed. Amen. And here we are at this day at an appointed time. Light started to strike each one of us for an appointed age. Amen. But Abraham said the same thing with a human being. When the, the mist had moved away and revealed truth to that real seed laying there, it's still germatized and the light of the gospel can strike it by true vindication of the word. It'll live. It's got to because there's life inside. Amen. It'll believe it when he hears it, no matter how dark. I don't care how void you feel you are. I don't really care what your world is. Without form and void is pretty nebulous. It's just, there's nothing. And you might feel that your world is just without form and void, but light can penetrate your world. And if there's a seed there, life will spring forth. Life will spring forth. But Abraham says, don't fear anymore. Every foreordained, predestinated seed of God will come to life when that light spreads across the earth of the glorious gospel. In every age, it'll bring forth the crop that God ordained it. Amen. Amen. How important it is to, for predestination. How important that is. And again, takes takes all the, the worry out of it, which I've said before. Because if, there, if it's there, it's going to activate if it's there and the light shines on your seed, you're going to start growing. It just again, it's just a principle of life. And there's not enough power in hell that could ever try to cramp and uh, inhibit that growth. There's nothing. There's nothing. If there's a purpose, God has a purpose for your life. There's nothing in hell that can ever try to stop what God has for you. It's just impossible. That's the one that's in you. He said is light. And that's the one that's in this world is darkness. So the light is proved to overcome darkness. And the man that's in Christ knows that he's overcome the things of the world. It has no more ties on you. You're free. Amen. Walk in the light as he is in the light. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. And we have fellowship one with another. We know the scripture. Amen. Because greater than you that's in you than he in you than he that's in the world. As we've heard over these last few weeks. Amen. We just need to start living that. And believing that. Amen. I might, I might just try and just put this, this little point, this little thought in. Light at the beginning, when God said, let there be light. If there had been no light, God's word wouldn't have been true. He said, let there be light and there was nothing. It, it was false. But the fact that light came to be, 
vindicated that his word was true. Amen. He said, let there be light. There was light. It vindicated and proved that his word was true. Amen. Okay. And if we look at all then through scripture, we can look at prophecies that would have been given. Prophecies that would have been laid in scripture. Unto us a child is given. Unto us a child is born. A virgin shall conceive. That's, that was a prophecy spoken. If that didn't happen, it was false. So the fact it happened vindicates that it was true. Amen. And here we are now in this day. That's why the vindication of this message is so important. Because if it did not, if it did not follow and go, uh, and the word did not come to pass as it was supposed to, as the word spoke, if the prophecy, whether it's Malachi, whether it's Revelations, etc., didn't come to pass the way the word said it should, it would be false. But the fact that God vindicated that proves that it's true. Which then puts it back on us. If it, pro- if the Lord has vindicated that clearly, saying this is where you are in your day now, this is the light for your day, it behooves us to then follow that. It's just not no willy nilly. We're at the end time age. We're at the last. You can look, but our man talks and he goes through, we're talking light. You go through the church ages and you see the moon and the moon is blocked out at the last age and we go through all these things and God vindicates that as truth. What position should we be in then to win, to hear that message and to actually say, Lord, where am I? Where am I? First John said, the last verse we read, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. When you're light, you are a mystic to the world. Brother Brandon said that. You're a mystic to the world. It can't, Satan can't understand you. Scripture says darkness comprehended not. He was speaking of Jesus Christ who is the light, and darkness comprehended it not. Couldn't even fit. They can't grasp comprehend means. Or can't is to not comprehend would be to not grasp the complete nature or significance. Couldn't hold on with a total scope. They can't assimilate. They can't conceive. Or they can't. They just can't make out. They can't figure you out. Darkness can't. It, it's un, it's un, incomprehensible. And Satan has been in the dark all along. No pun intended. Okay, he he, he can't understand a child of God. Because light and darkness, they can't figure you out. How do you live this way? How can you walk victorious in this world of gross darkness? How do you, how do you sisters pure and, and living pure before all men in such a corrupt and vile age? How is a young man looking sharp, manly to boot, a woman feminine and pure? They can't comprehend you because darkness comprehended it not. Amen? Anyone who takes God at his word will not be comprehended by darkness. Brother Bram says, when a man walks by faith, he's isolated from the entire world and becomes a new creature in Christ. Amen? He goes, there you're getting bride material. You're getting into rapture condition now, he says. That means each one of us, not just pastor, deacons, trustees, that means every individual walks in a world with God alone. You're baptized into his kingdom and nobody in there but you and God. Hallelujah. He gives orders and you pack them out. Glory. Whatever he says, there's not a shadow, not a little blip of darkness 
Not a, not an ounce of shadow or doubt, nowhere. And you just walk right on. If the Lord says it, there's nobody in, in the world can talk you out of it. You just go right on just the same. Now you're coming to perfect faith. Amen. His perfect faith. And so it is now with those who have perfect faith. He was a mystic to them. You are, he says, are a mystic to others. Because darkness cannot comprehend the light inside of you. And if you are light, which we'll go into right now, if you are light, Brother Bram says, uh, Scripture says at the beginning, and God separated light from darkness. Mm-hmm. Brother Branham says, God's causing it. The light's doing it. The light's pressing itself in such a way into the darkness has to congregate together. You are actually pressing darkness together because you are the bride of Christ. Scripture says, but ye brethren are not in darkness that the day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light. So if if you're a child of light, you are actually the reason why darkness is being pressed and compressed into utter darkness because you are light. And God's bride is coming to her position. You're pressing back the darkness at this time. That's why there's gross darkness at this time. It's because it's being pressed into a corner. Because God's children, the children of light, are standing now. Saying, I'm the light of this world. That's me. That's you. You are the cause of darkness being pressed in such a way. Because you're coming to your spot. Isn't that beautiful? Let us not sleep, he says, as others do, but let's watch and be sober. Scripture, Ephesians 5, 8. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now ye are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Mm, Is that good? Walk as children of light. Now this is who you are. We're not a darkness. Now let's put all that aside. Now we're children of light. You put your coat on. You put your whatever on, your dress, whatever, and you say, I'm a, I'm a child of light. I'm a daughter of light. And that darkness, you just press it back. Because if we're all dark and I had a little light here, wherever I went, that darkness just keeps going. It ain't, it's not stopping you. You're just pushing it back. Just more light. God might not show you all the way through, but he has his light on you. You're this little light. You just keep walking by faith. I just keep walking. And the light, darkness just keeps pushed. Just keeps pushing. Because you're a child of light. Amen. So if you're a child of light, you know, when something gets lit up, it's like a billboard, right? You light something up, you want to see it, and it lights up, now everybody can see it. And you're now, you're, you're now in front of everybody. You're a billboard. But Abraham talks about this. Talks about a billboard, being a billboard. He said, now the only way the world will ever see Christ is when they see it in you, when they see it in me. Okay, that's the only way they'll ever see Christ. Their conscience are numb to sunsets, to the call of birds, to the leaves, to the grass, to the flowers, to the music and the message and so forth. And we enjoy after, that we enjoy after we have found Christ. But until we get to a place that we can display Christ, because that's the only Christ they're actually ever going to see. You're the only one they're ever going to see. They don't, they don't, they're numb to the birds. They're numb. Nature. Just nature itself. And how you can say, you say, well, nature. No, there's God in nature. And they're numb to it. But they need to see it, for one. And then they need to want it. 
So are we living lives that people want? Are we living a life, if we're, I'm a child of light, and I'm walking, am I actually living a life that somebody would want, that they desire and say, I want to be like that person. There's something different there. They walk differently. They talk differently. They don't swear. They don't do any, you know, vulgar language. They're pure. They're just, they're radiant. You bet you they are. Are you living that kind of life where someone is wanting that? But Abraham says, a life that shows the attractiveness of salvation. Oh, he says, oh, that salvation's attractive. That we could be a billboard that could say, look at me, look what God did for me. Look what the blood has done. I'm sinless, I'm spotless, I'm pure. I'm walking clean in this world. Look at this, I'm a child of light. You want this? It's a billboard. It's a billboard. If you're in the doom and the gloom and, oh, I can barely make my way through. Who wants this? Who wants this? I know we, we go through struggles. We do that. But you know what? I'll just go there right now. I was get, I'll go there at the end as well. We'll do it two times. But that's why then we're, we're together as a body. You're all light. And someone's struggling. And they're going through something. Then that's why we get together. We emit joy. We emit peace to each other. I'm light. And that's what light is. He's the king and prince of peace. If he's in you, you emit that. They need that. They need comfort. You lift them up so then they can stand again and start walking. A life that someone wants. A billboard that someone wants. Amen? How do you appeal to a hunger world that won't even see where they come from and who they are and where they're going unless you live a sermon of Christ alive? Unless we're living a sermon of Christ alive, how, do they even, how does the world even know? Won't even see where they come from, who they are, where they're going, unless you live that to them. But Abraham says, and for preachers to preach a gospel that raises Christ up from a, in, up into a, up in a living atmosphere right around us now, to preach a gospel that's appealing to hungry people. I'll just preach to myself. <laughs> Amen. Not saying you're not, but it, a, a world out there that's hungry for something that is not out there. Brother Bram says, or is your billboard so smutted up with the things of the world? You live like the world, talk like the world, sing the same songs of the world does, dress like the world, act like the world, go to worldly places, and attend worldly entertainments. Then our billboard, he says, is just all smutted up. His words. Not my words, it's his words. Or are you a billboard emitting light? Amen. Yes, indeed. Amen. Brother Brownie, he got that because he had a uh, sign he went by. And it just said hungry. Hungry question mark? You can put it up. Just so you can get it. This is where he got his inspiration. If you read it. Hungry? Three miles ahead. He said, well, that was an interesting approach. Billboards now got really weird. Billboards now, uh, there's some very crazy billboards trying to catch your attention. And he said, oh, that was kind of, you know, are you hungry? But are we living as our billboard? Someone that hungers and thirsts after righteousness. And are we living actually a life that someone can say, I want that. I want that.
We are sponsored by the light of the world. Amen. Who's our sponsor? Brother Brandon says, Christ is our sponsor. We're sponsored by the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. What's a sponsorship? I'm going to, you can take this, this, uh, the, uh, slide down. Sponsor is the act of supporting a person financially, generally, or through provision of products or services that an individual that, prov- uh, to an individual, um, sorry, let me read that again. Act of supporting a person financially or through the provision of products or services. And the individual that provides the support is known as a sponsor. Okay, we should know these things, especially anybody that's a sports person out there. Because people put big money out to sponsor somebody. Big money. In fact, Mr. Ronaldo, for the soccer fans, he got $47 million a year for just sponsorships. Just, just sponsors in one year. Another fellow, Stephen Curry, got $42 million. For the golf people, Rory McIlroy, he got $34 million. Those that are runners, Usain Bolt, he got $30 million a year just recently for his, for his, uh, for sponsors. People that want to put their brand. Sure. You wear our brand. Yeah. You do everything Nike. Everything's Nike and we'll give you this money. Okay? LeBron James, he got, he just signed recently a lifetime endorsement with Nike to pay him over a billion dollars by the time he's 64. Over a billion dollars by the time he's 64 to wear Nike, to be a representative for Nike, because they see something in this person that is amazing. They're going to draw the throngs of fans, and they're going to buy Nike because of this person, right? They're going to do things that are Nike-driven because of this person, and so they're willing to commit all this money over a billion over a period of the next handful of years so that they can reap the benefits of that. You've been sponsored by a whole lot bigger backer than Nike. Amen? You've been sponsored by God himself. And he knows what's in you. Sure? He knows what's in He sees what's inside and what you're willing. He's willing to make the biggest sponsorship deal of all time. Because he sees you're worth it, Tyler. He sees what's in there. I'm willing to back this man. Because he's going to stand and people around him are going to say, I want that. I want that. He's backed you, Tyler. Amen? He's given us peace. He's given us joy and gentleness. He's given us power over darkness, faith and strength. He's given us life, eternal. That's the biggest sponsorship deal I ever heard. More than a billion dollars. Amen. Oh, what kind of person we should be, but Abraham says, if we are his billboards and sponsored by him, then in Christ is the one where we get our life. We get our strength and we have all that we have. So we must be like him. But now, these guys have to be very careful what they do and say. They do. They say the wrong thing, guess what? Your sponsorship is axed. And if that hasn't happened more recently in the last few years, I don't know what has. Axing of sponsorships. Because they're not living the way that they want. But our Branham says we just must be careful what we do, what we say, what we do in our daily life because we're sponsored by Christ. He's backing you, so you are a representative of Him. You're His billboard. So we walk as if we're sponsored by Christ. We ought to say, we ought to, uh, what we ought to say if we're sponsored by Christ. So if someone says evil against us, what must we say if we're sponsored by Christ? Right? We get in a tough situation. What do we do? Hey, I know we're human. 
And we have our failings. And that's why the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. But this is just instruction. Lord, how must we act? How must we act? If we get into a situation. We're just to remember. We're a representative. One thing though. If you're a child of God. He never pulled his sponsorship on you. It never will be pulled from you. Amen. You can't be an unsun. You can't be unsunned or undaughtered. It's impossible. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. I know we started really early. I just don't know how early. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Okay. All right, well, Matthew five fourteen to 16 says, Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and be trodden under the foot of men. Ye are the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hid. Amen. You can't be hidden. If you're, if you are a light shining of this gospel, you can't be hidden. You're like on a hill, especially in this dark age. You're just gonna stand out like a sore thumb. Amen? That's the wrong maybe analogy. <laughs> we'll stick with city on a hill. <laughs> Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. No, we don't. We're on, we're on... <laughs> derailed me. <laughs> it's all good. Amen. We're on display for Christ. Put on a candlestick and give a light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men. Amen. That they may see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. Amen. A Holy Ghost life is going to be as salty. Salty as it can be. You know what salty does? A, it improves the flavor of something. Salt improves the flavor. Okay. It preserves... And it also makes someone really thirsty. <laughs> okay, so you're the salt of this earth. You're going to make someone really thirsty for Christ. That's what you are. Amen. You're going to shine your light and you're going to make someone, <laughs> I'm so desirous that I'm, I'm parched for what they have. Amen. That's what your life should be. The salt of the earth. Amen. Stephen, he was, he was full of the Holy Ghost. He was as salty as one could ever be. Amen. I, I, when he said, when you read, brother Tom read a scripture, uh, this morning, that was out of Stephen's, uh, sermon to the Pharisees. And he spoke, I mean, he, he just went through. Yeah, uh, these Pharisees and Sadducees must have been just blown away. And here he is quoting back to them everything that they should know. And he just, just worked his way through history. Just worked it. Incredible. Right? But then what he says, you uncircumcised of heart. Yeah. Amen? So you resist the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Amen? He just gave it to them. Yeah. Right. Or Ramsey, he was a billboard. He was a beacon. Right? He was the first martyr. Right. There he was, our example. Yeah. Here's what you do. He stood with boldness. Amen? That light could stand in darkness. Light, darkness can't do nothing. He just gave them one, two, three. Amen? Yes, sir. You know what, though? He was stoned. He said, well, what good was his billboard? Yeah. 
But there was one. But Abraham says it was standing off to the side. Just one. Standing to the side. It took a little while. But Paul was standing there with the robes at his feet. But that billboard shone and it struck a seed in Paul's heart. And how many thousands have been saved from him? Amen. I don't really, you might not have a clue who's looking at your life. You just might not have a clue. But it don't matter. You keep shining. Amen. Because somewhere down the road, someone's going to have said, oh, that person's light spoke to me. Amen. Yes, sir. Not only did he say, I'll back up. But Abraham says, not only did he say, I'm the light. He said, ye are the light. If his word is in you, bearing record of itself, then you are the light of the world. Amen. Notice we find out light of each aid manifest, made manifest just the same. Amen. You're a peace giver. If light's in you, you're a, you're, you're love to people. You're joy. That's what you are. You calm the raging seas around you. You say peace be still to your situation. Cause that's inside you. What power that gives us as a son or daughter of God. I'm a son of light. I'm a daughter of light. Glory. Amen. Musicians can come here. But Abraham says, Stephen just presented his life in such a way that they seen it, that it was the power of Christ. He says, you may never see a vision. You may never put your hands on a sick person and feel the charge of Almighty God make a skeleton of a man turn back to life again. You may never see him standing yonder in three or four rainbows. You may never see his image. You may never hear his voice. But still... You can be a signboard that will reflect Jesus Christ by a life that's been so pure, so unadulterated from the world. No cluttered up with dirty things around your life, but a pure thing. That it'll cause the hungry heart to hunger and thirst to be like you. Amen. That's me. I haven't seen three or four rainbows. I haven't had... A skeleton of a, of a person come back to life. I haven't seen visions, but it doesn't take away from what your what you can do as a pure, unadulterated life that's shining forth the grace of God in this world. Amen. But Abraham says, "You're the salt of the earth." That's right. Hungering and thirsting, let your light shine. He says that they may see your good works. Amen. Don't you you don't walk out of here. Saying, I'm just nothing. You aren't just nothing. You are God's light to this generation. The simple and the uneducated, that's who God chose. That's who he chose. Peter couldn't sign his name. They didn't have no schooling. They weren't, oh, Brother Abraham talks about class. There was no classes. But they went forth with power. They were the lights of the world at that time. And so are you. It don't matter who you are, what you are. You are a son and a daughter of light. Amen. Let's make sure we don't go from here hiding under like a bushel. Go with boldness. Go with boldness now on your your week. That's who I am. And I'm going to be a signboard like no other. Endorsed and sponsored by the King of Kings. And I'm going to let my light shine. Amen. Amen.
You're emissaries of his light. Amen. And so was Brother Brandon when he talked about gross darkness. I'll just come back and say to you, Shalom. All is well. There's nothing to worry about in this dark age because you're inextinguishable as you walk down the channels of your work and your school. Amen. And you just, you just ponder, Lord, let my light just push that darkness back. Amen. Let's stand. Glory. Fearless in a dark age. Nothing to fear. Amen. Amen. You know what I want to sing? Day star shine down on me. Sing with all your hearts tonight. Amen. We just close. Worship him. Just ponder what we what he spoke to you. Hopefully maybe just something little. Just anchor in your heart. Now you say Lily of the Valley. Let your aroma now just fill my life. Amen. Let's sing that. Lily of the Valley. Let your sweet aroma.